Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wallbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today I want to talk about what Brittany and I did to go full time. So I wanted, I want to kind of go through the goals that we had, why we had them, and how you can do something similar. So I'm, you know, let, let's get after it. Let's let's just get to it. So I, I, I did the label point one is in the beginning. I just thought that was kind of funny. Just wanted to share with everybody. Uh, so when I left nuclear, you know, I, I was out for solid like 12 to 14 months, just kind of working on my own with our, with our other company. And I got that feeling of freedom and flexibility that that kind of came with. And it was really at a perfect time because my daughter was born a few months later so I had pretty much like unobstructed baby bonding time, which was really nice because I didn't get that when I worked at the power plant. Like you, you know, before when my son was born in the state of Massachusetts, it, you didn't get paid family leave, which I'm pretty sure you do now, but you didn't have any paid family leave. And I was home for about a month. And then I was like, I got to get back to work. Like, I can't, we can't go without income for, for three months or whatever. Like, this is not going to work. So, you know, I obviously went back to work and that kind of stuff. So I missed out on a lot of cool things with my kid because I was back to work. So when I got a taste of like working for myself, making my own schedules and kind of doing my own thing, like that really resonated with me. Like it was very nice and very freeing. If that makes more sense. I was able to spend more time with my family. You know, I could obviously bond with Piper. Uh, so when I started at the Cannabis Commission, you know, I knew that I wanted to pursue videography full-time. Like, I knew that my ultimate goal was to move towards doing, you know, videography just just on my own, and that would be my sole focus. So I wanted to keep moving that forward a lot. And in 2019... We were booking weddings, you know, we were booking weddings pretty, pretty well into 2020. We had a couple 2021 weddings booked. And then uh, at the beginning of 2020, January, February, first like week or two of March timeframe, we were definitely on our, on track to have our best year ever. So I was planning on resigning at the commission probably mid 2020 because uh, 
we were just well on track with everything. And then obviously COVID happened and that just put a wrench into everyone's lives and everyone's plans and that kind of stuff. So I was very fortunate in the fact that I was still at the commission when COVID happened and I could just stay working there. Uh, so I kind of put the full-time aspirations on hold. And then as we started 2021, that mentality shifted back to, you know, what, what do we absolutely need to do to go, you know, full-time with our, with our business. So, uh, we started prepping our goals. Now in episode 30, we talked about creating smart goals and I laid out like what we were looking at for 2021. You know, we mapped out what we needed to do personally to go full time. So, you know, a couple big things as a recap is we were trying to pay down uh, unnecessary debt. We were trying to pay off these, these windows that we had. We had a firearm simulator back then, and we had a, some other small projects that we were trying to finish around the house that we just wanted to save up and knock out. That way they wouldn't be lingering over top of us and that kind of stuff. So we wanted to get all that stuff taken care of. And then also, we wanted to save up six months worth of income. So we wanted six months of pure income in our savings account. So if we went to zero income a month, period, we weren't making any money whatsoever, we would be able to survive for six months. Six months to me seems like a very good number to get back like on track. Now, whether that's on track with weddings or finding another job. So if you have zero income coming in, I would highly recommend that you're doing something at that exact moment in time to figure out what you need to do to start generating income. That might be a second job that, you know, like something part-time that might be going back to full-time work. Like there's, there's a few different things that you could do there, but you got to make sure that you always have income coming in. So we wanted six months of just saved income that would give, you know, myself or Brittany six months worth of time to find another job. And, you know, that job could have been uh, Home Depot for all I cared. Like if I wasn't making any money, I would not care where I was working. I'd go get a job at Home Depot in a heartbeat. I had no idea what I would be doing there, but I damn sure wouldn't be operating the saw, but uh, <laughs> I would go find a job. So that gave us buffer. And that buffer is really, really important because that, that like reserve income is really important. Now, some other things that we wanted to have in place is we wanted to have, our target was to have one third of the total number of booked weddings that we wanted booked by January. So right now, as it stands, this is August. We have five weddings booked. Our target's really 25, and I'll talk about why it's 25 here in the next segment. But um, we, so we're trying to get, you know, I, I, what is that, like eight? Eight to 10, just call it 10, just keep the math simple because I'm horrible at math. So we wanted to get, we want to get around 10 weddings booked by January. So we're halfway there. We have three open inquiries that we've already had discovery calls with. And those people are just like working out financials and that kind of stuff. So you figure statistically out of those three, one will probably book. 
Uh, and then we have another like five or six just open inquiries that we're waiting to get discovery calls with. So out of that, you know, we'll probably get one or two discovery calls and then maybe we'll book another one out of that. And it's August. So by the time we're coming out of August ish, I'm assuming that we'll have probably two more weddings booked and we haven't even hit booking season. So, you know, I, I talk about raising our prices and that kind of stuff all the time. And this is one reason why I talk about that is because we're well on track to hitting that goal. So it's probably time for us to raise our prices. And I know in the next episode, there's some things that I want to talk about. So I'll save the raising prices for that one. Let's see. Let's let's take a uh, just a really quick break. I'm trying to keep the episodes a little shorter now, if you can't tell, because uh, it just it kind of makes more sense. It seems like people people really enjoy the the shorter content, like 20 to 30 minute long episodes versus an hour to an hour and a half. These seem a little bit better. So let's take a quick break. Uh, and then I want to talk about some things that you should have in place before you go full time. Hi, everybody. Welcome back from break. Let's jump into some things that you should have in place. And there are some basic things that you need to know about your own company. Like in general, you should just have an understanding of the financials of it. So you should know the ins and outs of the financials of your company. You need to know exactly how much money you're spending each month and exactly how much money you're spending every year on whether it's equipment, uh, you know, products, services, you know, whatever your monthly expenses are, you should have a pretty good understanding of what it is. The monthly expenses and then the the annual expenses, it's going to be a little bit different, especially if you're using things like MusicBed and you're paying the 750 or 775 whatever it is, per year because one month you'll have that. Like this month for us, for example, is our uh, workers' comp. So that's 547 So this month's expenses is a little bit different than last month's because we weren't paying workers' comp. Now, with that being said, you should understand how much money, bare minimum, you need to make in order to survive. So what we did is we calculated all of our annual finances. We then calculated how many weddings we would need to shoot each year to hit that number. Now, when we calculated how much money we're making per wedding, we've removed expenses for the wedding. Like for us in general, we have to pay for childcare. Uh, you know, we've been paying somebody to edit our films now. So we're not making 100% of that money. And I'll, I'll give you an example. We charge around 6K for a wedding on average right now. So if we're charging $6,000, we need to subtract all of the expenses that are incurred for that wedding. So that's roughly $250 for a babysitter. That's roughly $1,000 for editing. And then there's some other like miscellaneous expenses that are kind of tossed in there. So the number that we're actually making is around 4,500. So that's how much income is actually coming in to us for that wedding. Now take that annual expense number that you came up with. So how much money you spend every year on everything that you do and then divide that by your actual money coming in. So for us, we took the number that we, you know, the amount that we spend each year and then we divided it by 4,500. We didn't divide it by 6K. We divided it by 4,500. 
And then you know how many weddings you have to shoot each year. So that is your bare minimum goal of how many weddings that you need to book. Now, there are some people that'll talk about, uh, which this isn't a bad thing by any means, uh, trimming all of the fat out of the company. So whether that's, I'm trying to think, like you have to have workers comp, at least a state in the, at least in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, what do we got? Oh, we have like Sirius XM, you know, radio, like we have some other piddly things that we pay for some subscription services that we have. Like we have things like that, that we don't have to have to operate as a company. So you could also do another calc where you've removed anything that is not absolutely necessary for your company and then do the same calculation. And that's going to lower the amount of weddings because you've lowered the stuff. But then you know that that's like your true bare minimum without, with removing everything that you're, that's not necessary. I personally calculated all of ours doing all of the things that we normally spend money on so that we would target, uh, we, we target the amount of money that we're currently spending. So there'd be no impact in our lives. So we wouldn't have to scale back anything like, you know, for example, I invest monthly into my, uh, uh, IRA and do you have to do that? No, absolutely not. So we could remove that if we needed to, if we needed to save money, we could remove that. Um, side point, if you have the ability max out your IRAs every year, uh, compounding interest is no joke as you get older. Anywho, the, um, so that you want to find out what your minimum target is. And when I did this calc at the beginning of the year, we had different prices back then. But when I did the, when I did the calc at the beginning of the year, our magic number was 14. So we need to shoot 14 weddings in order to just live exactly how we're living today. So bare minimum every year, we need to shoot 14. Now, with that being said, our target is 25. Like we might top out at 30 if we can. Uh, That doesn't mean that we're booking 30, but our target is always going to be 25. So 14 is paying all the bills throughout the year. And then the remaining 11 is going like that. That's our profit quote unquote, it's not raw profit because that's where like owners pay and that kind of stuff starts coming into play. Because remember when you're calculating your number, like, well, actually, you know what I did when I, when I did our calc, I did add, uh, some money into an owner's pay piece into that. So I did factor in like how much money we would need coming out of the business account and then going into our personal account to pay our bills. So that there was a, there's a piece of that in there. And you might be saying to yourself, like 14 is a pretty low number. And it is like, it, it is. And the reason being, which I'll talk to you, I'll talk about and I'll reiterate here in the next point. But the, uh, the reason why it's a lower number is I also have a pension. So there's additional income that's coming into our personal account. So I don't need to take out like large sums to go into the personal account. So it, you know, each situation is going to vary a little bit, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. But the reason why we have 14 and not say 20 or 22 is because of that pension. So 
Uh, you got to make sure that you're factoring in like pay and it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't need to be like super crazy pay. It needs to be pay to pay your bills and then add on to that. So if your target is, you know, if your magic number is 22, I'd highly recommend that you're targeting like 30. That way you have some buffer. So eight weddings are going into other things. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're making some extra money on top of paying your bills and paying yourself. For us, we're targeting 25. So that gives us 11 wedding films in that category. And then the object is no matter what, we have 14 weddings booked for the year. Like that's, we have to have 14 weddings booked in order for us to live just like we are today. So how is it going? By the time you guys get this episode, I'll be in week four. So I'll be rounding out my first month of being full time. Uh, I haven't starved to death and neither is my family. So that's a good start. The, uh, I love it. I love doing this stuff like on my own, on my own time and just being my own boss. Like I'm not going to ops focus meetings. I'm not going to morning meetings. Like I don't need to meet with any other work groups or anything. Like I'm doing my thing and I am perfectly okay with that. Like this is a lot of fun. A really good example is our son is in swim camp right now. And while he was in swim camp, I just had our daughter Piper this morning and we just played for like three hours because he was out and about doing his, doing his thing and Brittany was with him. And then when they came back, I got everything set up down here and started filming a podcast. And I have the flexibility and freedom to do those kind of things. And that's what I really love. Like I love being able around my kiddos more. I love being around my family more. I love just walking upstairs, having lunch, doing something that I need to do, and then walking back downstairs and getting back to work. Uh, but there are some caveats that I would really like to stress with people just in general. Going full-time is not for everybody. It's for some people, it will be better for you to either have a second job or for you to still have your full-time job. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's no reason to think that you're doing something wrong if weddings are your side hustle and you're relying on your full-time job or part-time job. And the reason why I say that is because there are three big pieces that come with having a full-time job. One of which is healthcare, which is a very, very important thing. The other is ancillary benefits like a steady paycheck and then also, depending on where you're working, you're either building your 401k or you're probably eligible for a pension, which is also a big deal. Like these are all very, very important things where I differed is, you know, I, I was medically retired from the military uh, and that comes with a, a whole lot of benefits one of which being healthcare for my family. So when I got out of the, the military, when I got out of the Navy, I had healthcare for myself and then I'd have healthcare for myself till, till I'm, till I'm gone. And, uh, but you don't rate it for your kids or your wife, your spouse, you know, significant other, that kind of stuff. So 
when I was medically retired, though, that opened that avenue to get health care for, you know, in my case, Brittany and the kids, which is a big deal. Uh, I have a pension. I'll have that pension the rest of my life. And I get a bunch of other ancillary benefits that come with that, you know, medical retirement, which means there are things that I didn't need to focus on anymore. And which is good. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that I don't want people to beat themselves up because they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't leave my full-time job because my, the healthcare costs are expensive and they are. I'll give you a, a really good example. When I left nuclear and I was just working on my own, I got the affordable healthcare act. I think I had a silver plan and it was only for Brittany and the kids because again, I was covered through the VA. So just Brittany and the kids for the silver plan because Brittany just had to go to this one hospital. It cost over 700 bucks a month. That is a lot of money, especially when I didn't have any income back then. Like the only income was, I, you know, I, I had a disability rating from the military. Excuse me. It wasn't a, a, a full disability at that point. So I, you know, I only got like a partial payment and that was our only income that was coming in. And, you know, when you get hit with a $700 a month bill for just medical, that doesn't include dental, doesn't include vision or any of that stuff, you're like, man. So I get it. And I don't want people out there to think that, you know, oh, I'm failing because I'm not going full time because going full time is not for everyone. Like, I can't stress that enough. It might make way more sense for people to keep a second job or a full-time job because of the benefits that it comes with. And that's, that's a, that's a personal decision. And I would highly recommend that you like, look at the cost benefit of that. Now you might find that your as your wedding prices go up, which you'll hear me talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, that at some point, you know, like say you're charging six, $7,000 a film, it makes more sense to go full time because if you're shooting 20 to 30 weddings at that price, you know, you can, the $700 for healthcare is just, you can just afford it. You know, it's not like if you're, if you're shooting weddings for a thousand dollars a pop and you're doing 30 weddings, you know what I mean? Like taking $700 a month out for healthcare is going to just cripple you. So you got to make sure that you're, you're evaluating your own current situation and what is best for you. And I would highly recommend like sitting down, figuring out like what, what healthcare costs would be. Cause I'm pretty sure they have calculators at like the affordable care act and that kind of stuff. I'd never recommend Cobra to somebody. Hopefully there's no medical people or insurance people listening to this. Cause that is just ridiculously expensive. Um, but I would, you know, you can get, if your company is formed, like I, we went through a third party, which put us into a pool, which gave us actually a lower rate because we were in a, like our, we have our LLC. So the company quote unquote was paying for the medical benefits 
for your family members. So it's, you know, I'd highly encourage you to, to look at, you know, what it means to, you know, either become an LLC or get your, become a sole proprietor and, um, and then look at the different benefits that that kind of has with it. Sit down and look at your finances, see, you know, how much money you would need to survive for at least six months. And then I would just, I'm stomping on the floor right now, recommend that you have at least that much in your savings account, uh, ready to go. That way, you know, if, if something awful happened, like we closed back down, that you have income to kind of fall back on. And if we do close back down, don't be surprised if you're in Massachusetts and you see me at Home Depot wearing an orange Home Depot vest. But anyways, the, uh, uh, I'm only saying that because I, I had to go to Home Depot almost every day in the last like five days. But uh, yeah, I mean, figure out what works for you and what is feasible. And if you think that, you know, hey, I need to shoot 25 weddings a year and you're booking 25 weddings, you know what I mean? Like you can set that goal up to be like, you know what? I can actually, I can meet that at my price point. I can get to 25. Then, you know what I mean? Work towards getting those numbers and then getting those numbers consistently so that you know that you can hit those numbers. It's not like a one-off and then map out other goals. You know, go back to episode 30, listen to the smart goals, like set out, create, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely goals, and then start working towards them. And you might find when you're doing your little analysis that full-time isn't for you, that it's just not feasible, that you get too many benefits at the company that you're at. Uh, Maybe you're close to retirement. Like that's the other thing. Like maybe you're actually close to getting a pension pension because you're, you know, five, six ways, five, six years away from retirement. Well, then it might make more sense for somebody in that position to just keep this as a side hustle, build up your network and that kind of stuff for the next five, six years, collect that pension, and then start doing this full-time. So you got to remember, you know, everybody is is different. So when you hear people like me talking about going full-time, like that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to go full-time or that that's like the end-all be-all. It was for me because I have other things that I could fall back on that I didn't really need to worry about when it came to my family. Like obviously providing healthcare for my family is a big deal because you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, just keep, keep that kind of stuff in mind, run your own little analysis, see how much you're spending each year, see how many weddings you're going to need to book and make sure that it's feasible for you to book that many weddings. Um, And then, you know, see if it makes sense for you to go full time. I know I'm loving it. I'm glad that I did it. Um, And yeah, I mean, let let me know, like send me a message. Let me know if you've done your analysis and you're like, oh, I think I can do it. Or if you've done your analysis and you're like, you know what? It makes, makes more sense for me to stay where I'm at. And that's perfectly okay. I can't stress that enough. So uh, if you liked this episode be sure to like and subscribe to our youtube channel make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast don't forget to join our private facebook group wedding videography for beginners i hope everybody is staying safe and healthy and we will see you next week all right out do you still email a pdf for a contract are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were 
you need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf, one that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today.